Hello, mamas, Laura here, and today I'm sharing the first half of my very long birth story. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today's episode is all about my birth story for my third little babe, Luca. So this one is for all the birth junkies out there who, like me, just love a nitty gritty detailed birth story. So this is episode two of seven in my Pregnancy and Birth podcast series. And if you haven't already listened to episode one where I share my pregnancy journey, it would definitely be worth giving that a listen first because it really helps to provide context to my birth story. It will make it all make a lot more sense. (laughs) So my birth story was a long one. Hello, three-day labor. (laughs) So I've divided it up into two episodes as I'm conscious to keep the podcast in short form episodes. So in today's episode, I share all about my early labor and stage one labor. And in the next episode, I'll share about the pushing phase and the afterbirth story. So coming up in this podcast series, I'll also be sharing how I was recovering in the first two weeks and then what my postpartum journey looked like up until six weeks. I'll also be answering all your questions about postpartum recovery, including what exercise I was doing, how my pelvic floor felt, the differences in my recovery between a C-section and a vaginal delivery, and so much more. And then my final episode is all about how we transitioned to a family of three kids and my practical top tips and advice on what's helped me make this a smooth transition. So If you want to binge listen to all these episodes at once, this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to be released, then please go and check out the Pregnancy Posse. So when you join the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also get access to weekly pregnancy workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer any of your questions and there is a wonderful community forum where everyone feels supported and can ask in a really safe space. We also have an amazing resources library, which will have you avoiding the dreaded Google rabbit hole. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode two of this seven-part pregnancy and birth series chatting all about my early labor contractions right through to the pushing phase beginning. Enjoy. Let's get started on the actual birth story. So I know these are the details that often women want to hear. I know when I listen to birth stories, I just froth on them. They are just Oh, they're so good. And I love how unique everyone's stories are and I'm excited to share mine. So it's a long story. (laughs) It's certainly not like a 20 minute over and done with one, Um, but I'm going to talk you through it all because I'm sure there's many women out there who can relate and it's really nice to hear other women's stories and go, oh, I had that too, or, you know, to not feel so alone. So like I had said, I had prepared myself for a 48 hour labor. Now, the reason why I had done this is I had heard a lot of VBAC mums have long labors and I had heard some theories thrown out there that that was so that your scar gets a really good chance to warm up to reduce the risk of uterine rupture. Now, obviously that's a theory there. I don't even know how you would prove that, but there's no science behind that. It's just a theory, but it made sense to me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so I had prepared myself that that was going to be my story. 
And again, I wanted to set the bar low so that if it was any shorter than 48 hours, I'd be like, woohoo, that was awesome. That was so short. And also because when I had my second baby, I had done that early labor for almost a full day before I had my cesarean. So again, having had that evidence that I had gone into labor on my own and it was clearly not going to be a short thing, I wanted to prepare myself mentally. So labor, in short, was incredible, amazing, challenging, and not at all (laughs) what I expected. So the Thursday night, I went into labor and it was early labor. It was at nighttime. I just had those period type cramps, but I could lie through them. I didn't have to get up and do anything. I didn't have to actively manage them. I could just sort of wriggle around in bed and still be comfortable enough. They they lasted for anywhere from 30 to say a min, 30 seconds to a minute, but they were mild. And you know, they were the warm-up. And I was doing the whole ignore it until you can't because I knew that that was important because this could be going on for a while. I was not getting too excited. In saying that, I did text my doula just to say, hey, I know this doesn't mean anything, but I just wanted to give you the heads up. So obviously there was a part of me that was excited and was secretly hoping this was going to go somewhere, but also being fully prepared that I was probably going to wake up the next morning and they would have gone. So that happened Thursday night because I remember my girlfriend's son was born on the Friday and I text her to say I thought they might share a birthday but how wrong was I (laughs) so I woke up Friday I felt fine from memory Friday was a bit of a blur I don't have a super vivid recollection of it but I do remember that roughly contractions were anywhere from like five to ten minutes apart so there was no sort of consistency to them but they weren't super spread out either so they weren't 20 minutes apart or 30 minutes apart so anywhere from five to ten minutes apart Again, I didn't have to actively manage them on the Friday. I actually can't remember what I did on the Friday. (laughs) My kids were in care, so I know I didn't have to parent, but I actually don't have much memory of what I did, but I know that I wasn't actively managing them. I wasn't having to breathe through them, TENS machine, nothing like that, but they were there and I was aware of them. They were all in my uterus, so they're at the front of my belly, but again, mild period type pains. But by this stage, I was 41 and a half weeks. So I was excited that something was happening. I was starting to lose my mucus plug. So I was excited that however long this took, at least something was happening. So whilst I didn't have the pressure of induction, I was still hoping I wasn't going to be pregnant for 47 weeks. I really did want to have my baby. So I was excited that I knew something was happening. So this baby, I told myself it'll be born within the week because they're the sorts of expectations I was putting on this birth. So that was the Friday. And then Friday night, so this had been happening all day, Friday night, They were starting to ramp up in intensity, but still sort of five, 10 minutes apart, no clear pattern. But I just had this emotional sense that I was going to need my husband's help that night. So our kids sleep is all over the shop at the moment. So often my husband ends up, you know, settling my older two kids at some stage in the night. And I just had this sense that I wanted his help that night. So I didn't want him to be with my kids. So and it's not, it's a big deal for me to send my kids away. Like I don't just, they don't just have sleepovers whenever. So it was a big deal for me to say, I think they should sleep at my sister-in-law's tonight. So obviously I had this sense that something was starting to happen. And I remember saying that they got home from care. It was dinner. And I said, look, I think they need to sleep there tonight. And I then had to go around the corner 
and just have a big cry because I think I think I was just emotional that I'm going to miss my kids. I think something's happening. I'm going to meet a baby eventually. I was just feeling all the feels and I just had to have a big cry. And I'm so, I try not to bottle anything in. So if I'm feeling like I need to cry, I let it out. So I just had this massive cry. I sent the kids away. I felt really emotional about it. And then it was just me and my hubby. And I thought, okay, well, let's just see how tonight goes. I still don't think I thought I was having a baby anytime soon, but Friday night, that was when it all started to ramp up. So Thursday night, that was the last sleep I had (laughs) before this marathon event of a labor. So Friday night, things started to really ramp up. So contractions were starting to be more like every three minutes apart. And where I was feeling them was all in my back. And this is what surprised me. So I had heard of posterior labor when your baby's sitting posteriorly and you're getting a lot of back labor as opposed to uterine contractions in the front, feeling it in the belly. So I thought with posterior labor, you know, you could get a massage, you could squeeze the sacrum, get some compression, put the TENS machine on, you'd get some relief. Oh, my posterior labor was honestly the most intense thing I've ever felt. I felt like my back was going to break. I felt like I had a vice on my sacrum and the intensity and the pressure was just not what I was expecting. And what blew my mind even more in terms of expectations was I thought I would be able to find something that semi-relieved it. Nothing was taking the edge off it. And so what I mean by that is I couldn't lean into it. So I thought I'd be able to lean forward and get some relief, but I had to be bolt upright like erect to manage that contraction I couldn't move so I would try to walk but I had to be stiff as a board bolt upright through at least the 30 seconds the first 30 seconds of that contraction and that really surprised me because I thought I'd be I'd have more options to manage that um, sensation but I I had to just stay still and it was awful. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't blissful or like, oh, yes, I'm just really going internal and vibing this. I was like, no. And I, I don't want to swear on this podcast because I think I've got an explicit warning. But like, F this. I was like, this is not fun. So that was every three minutes. And so I kind of was getting into a bit of a circuit. So I was in my room laboring for most of it. I was in the lounge room for a little bit, but then I just wanted to rest because I was starting to feel really exhausted. I hadn't slept in like 24 hours by this stage. I wasn't eating much because I wasn't feeling like it. Um, My husband was being amazing. His support came in the form of like words of affirmation, which I actually thought I would hate because when we practiced them in our birth course, he would say, well done, sweetie. And I was like, shut up. (laughs) Do not well done, sweetie me. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) But he would say things like you're doing really well and you are so strong. And it surprisingly didn't annoy me because I thought it would really annoy me. But he was doing that. He tried some sacral compression and sometimes it felt good. Other times I would slap his hand away uh, because it felt terrible. And I didn't want any extra pressure on my sacrum. So the only thing I was getting any sort of minute relief from was the TENS machine. Thank God my sister-in-law had lent that to me. It was amazing. It was the only thing that I felt I could rely on. So um, whilst the pain was still intense, it's not like it was taking it away, but it was giving me like a mental distraction. So praise the Lord for the TENS machine. That really did help. And I was 
controlling it. But by the end of that Friday night, I was getting my husband to press the boost button because it just felt easier. And I would pour partners because I don't know about your labors and births, but I, I gave it to him. I really did. And he was a trooper. I yelled at him. I screamed at him. I actually bit him. I will talk about that later, but he was a real trooper. He, he didn't sleep for two days pretty much either. And he just soldiered on. So I would scream at him, boost, I press the boost button. And if he didn't do it within two seconds, I was just getting feisty because I just, as soon as that contraction was ramping up, I needed that boost button on ASAP. So my routine was that I would try and lie down in between contractions. But unfortunately, what was happening is when I would lie down, often then I'd get these uterine contractions and I wasn't getting any relief. And then I'd have to stand up again. And so my main issue I guess was that I felt like I was getting no rest in between so every three minutes I'd be getting this intense sacral contraction I'd have to stand up bolt upright be erect sometimes I could kind of walk through it I'd boost the tens machine I'd then go to my door and like sort of hang off it once the I could lean forward slightly I'd swear a lot (laughs) I wasn't like a graceful birthing person I was I was swearing like a truck driver and I was very vocal. I had told my neighbors beforehand that I was having home birth, like just FYI, in case you hear a lot of noises, you know, if we do need to call an ambulance, don't freak out. There might be an ambulance that comes. Like, I just wanted to give them a heads up. We're very close with them anyway. And I was vocal for two and a half days in the end. And I'm talking screaming. I had no inhibitions. I did not care who heard me, but that I couldn't get through a contraction without vocalizing. I don't I couldn't be internal. That just wasn't working for me. I didn't even try, to be honest. Just my body was telling me I needed to get this out. And they swear on their mother's grave they did not hear me. And I have no idea how they did not hear me because I was so loud. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. I was just, uh, who knows what to expect. I wasn't sure if I was going to be vocal or not, but I was very vocal. And again, a lot of swearing. So not a graceful, quiet, (laughs) birthing woman. So that happened all Friday night, every three minutes doing that same circuit. And I was honestly exhausted and the sun rose Saturday morning and I felt really mentally cooked because I was starting to do the whole, how long is this going to go on for? Like, I just wanted someone to tell me your baby will be born here. So you just need to get through today. You know, like if I'm going to go for a run, I'm not going to go for a run, not knowing how long I'm going for, because I need to mentally know, okay, you're doing seven kilometers. So you just got to get through to there. Like I found it really hard to just not know when this baby was going to be born. And I was really exhausted. And I sent my husband out to get a coffee for me and a croissant because I was craving a cheese croissant. And I said, maybe just call my doula. I don't want her to come because I really don't see the point. And I just call her, update her, let her know how we're going and I didn't feel like a baby was going to be born anytime soon but I knew I was in the hurt locker (laughs) I was hurting I was challenged but I didn't feel like I needed extra support I felt like what my husband was providing me was perfect and I liked the intimacy of it and I didn't really see how anyone could else could help me in that space just yet I wasn't at that point um and I think I just was really craving some rest and probably an environmental change so Later, in, I, the same routine continued every three minutes, intense back contractions, vocalizing through them all. Tens machine pretty much didn't come off my body for that entire time. 
And my husband said, why don't we go to the beach, which is my happy place. I love the beach. And I was like, no way. Like the thought of getting in the car, like hats off to anyone that gets in the car to transfer. I, you couldn't have paid me a million dollars to get in the car as my labor progressed. I couldn't think of anything worse, but I was like, I don't want to get in the car. I don't want to see a single person I know because I'm having contractions every three minutes. I don't want to be near anyone, but I knew I needed to shift my environment. So I said, why don't we go to the bush where there's no one, there's hardly, I knew a little track and it was only like a two minute drive from our house. I knew we would be very unlucky to see anyone I know. So I thought, let's just go to the bush. Maybe I just need to get some fresh air because I was finding the four walls of my room to start to feel a bit suffocating and I didn't want to keep doing the same routine every contraction. So I got in the car. I was miserable. There's a photo of me. My husband took this photo of me walking in the bush and I just, I look so over it. I was not happy. I was just sore. I was honestly feeling sorry for myself and I was tired and that's the headspace I was I'm being honest I, I like not saying it was um, like in hindsight I'm not saying that I would never do it again or that it was terrible but I'm just being really honest at the time I wasn't excited I wasn't you know like loving it I was I was finding it really challenging and again I just wanted a magic eight ball to tell me Laura you just need to get through to this time your baby will be born at this time and I knew I'd be okay if I just knew what the end goal I obviously knew what the end goal was, but if I just knew the end time, that was what I was finding most hard is how long is this going? How many sunrises am I going to see before this baby is born? That's what I was finding hardest when the sun rose in the morning and I was still pregnant and I was still working hard and I was still laboring. That was really deflating for me and defeating. So we went for this bushwalk and every three minutes or so, I would have to pull on my husband's back and I would moan into this contraction. Thank the Lord I saw no one (laughs) A couple of young kids on their scooters, that's it. But, you know, they they didn't see me in a contraction, so that was fine. Um, I remember getting back in the car and saying to my husband, I need you to get natural confectionery snakes. <laughs> so specific. Not Allen's, not any other variety, natural confectionery. <laughs> I hadn't eaten by this stage, but I just was all of a sudden craving these. So we went to the shops. I obviously did not get out of the car. I had a contraction in the car park. That was terrible hated it every part of it and I just wanted to get out of the car but I also really wanted these snakes so I knew I had to wait (laughs) so we got home I didn't even feel like facetiming my kids to be honest I was starting to miss them um you know it'd been 24 hours since I'd seen them but I didn't really feel like talking to them I felt very emotional so I did facetime them and I actually had to hang up on them twice because I was having a contraction I didn't want them to see me having a contraction um And I was getting really emotional because I was like, how long until I see my kids again? I miss them. And yeah, that's kind of where I was at. So Saturday night, things started to ramp up again in intensity. And I was really starting to um, mentally feel it. So physically, I was obviously exhausted. I was in the hurt locker. Like the pain was the same in terms of in my back and then I would lie down, I'd get the uterine contraction, then I have to get back up again. I was just getting no rest and I was just trying every position under the sun to try and find some relief. I was trying to lean over my cushions or like on a kneeling position. Sometimes I get relief from that, but other times it wouldn't work. 
I would try and lie down. I would try and get my husband to massage me. God forbid he fell asleep. I would scream at him. I was so, <laughs> so awful, but I felt lonely. So if he fell asleep and I was in a contraction, not that he could do anything because by that stage, the sacral compression wasn't helping. So the only thing that was really helping was the tens. So it's not like he was that useful to me, but if I saw him snoring and I was there having contraction, it just felt so wrong. And so I'd say, wake up, I need support. And he'd be like, I'm sorry, sweetie. I just, I was just trying to get some rest. You know, I'm tired and I know you need support. And like, he was beautiful. And I felt terrible that I was telling him to wake up. But I think I just, it felt really lonely being dark in the middle of the night, still contracting. And just, it's like, I just wanted someone to watch me, I guess, like it, just to feel like I had that support, even though he couldn't do anything. So the poor guy, <laughs> really, he was such a legend. So that happened all Saturday night. So by this stage, I hadn't slept since Thursday night, barely eaten anything. Sun rose again Sunday morning and I was not happy about it. So I was just, I didn't know how many, how much more of this I could take. So that's when I started to throw out some lines that I had told my husband in advance I may say these things doesn't necessarily mean I mean them it's just that I'm hurting I'm having a crisis of confidence and I'm needing support and this is the whole crisis of confidence thing that Rhea Dempsey talked about and it's amazing so I was starting to throw out lines of I can't do this anymore I need an epidural or a c-section I've done enough I'm exhausted how much longer can this go on for I need help So I was starting to throw out those lines and bless him, he never really acknowledged them, not in a dismissive way, but in a, he knew I didn't mean them. So if he had actually said to me, do you want me to call an ambulance? I would have said, no, 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 I'm fine. Or give me six hours or something like that. I knew I wasn't committed to it, but I was throwing them out. I was looking for sympathy. I was looking for support. I was looking for someone to give me a magic number that, you know, it's going to be over by now or it's going to be over at this time. So I started to throw out some of those lines early in the morning of Sunday and then come Sunday you know the sun rose I was like how much more of this can I do the date on Sunday was a date that felt really right for us so we had said oh that would be a great day to be born and this was the Sunday and so part of me was like come on hopefully that comes true we'd said this was a great day to be born maybe that will actually come to fruition so we called my doula Sunday morning And I didn't really want to speak to her because I thought I would be really emotional and um, I I thought I would break down and cry. So I was kind of getting my husband to speak to her and she heard me through a contraction and she was like, oh yeah, she's working really hard. (laughs) She said, look, I'm going to come over and just see what's going on, check in, you know, like see how we're going. And I think the reason I hadn't called her earlier was because I didn't want her to come and then go home because I think I... I thought that that would feel really deflating. I wanted her to come and stay and a baby would be born. I wanted it to be like the final hour. She's here because a baby's going to be born as opposed to she comes, checks in and then goes home. So she came and that did feel good just to have a change in environment, a change in pace, someone else there like um, and just to do something different because I was sick of doing the same routine over and over. So she came and she said, why don't we try a couple of different things? And I tried to straddle the toilet backwards. Holy freaking moly. That was the worst thing I could have tried. That did not feel good at all. I know for some women that really ramps up their labor and that makes them like really progress. Oh, it was 
awful. <laughs> I hated it. I stood bolt upright and I was like, nah, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> that feels terrible. So she said, I think I might have tried the shower, but the sh- I wasn't vibing the shower. It didn't feel right. It wasn't giving me any relief. It just, I d- it didn't like it. So she said, why don't we try the birth pool? And I was like, well, I don't know. It feels too early. Like, why do- isn't that when you're meant to give birth? What if you know, this is still going to go on forever. And she said, it's fine. Let's just get in the pool. And if we need to, we can just siphon all the water out and refill it later. And I thought, oh, fine. You know what? What have I got to lose? Let's fill the pool up. So <laughs> I had actually bought a kid's pool <laughs> because it was a bit cheaper. I was obviously trying to stooge and save some money. And so it had starfish and seahorses and <laughs> all sorts of things on it. And um, we filled the birth pool up in my lounge room. And I got in when it was about half full because I was just sick of doing the contractions, how I was doing them. So I got in and holy moly, it was the best thing I could have done. It felt so good to get into warm water straight away. I just thought, I'm so glad we did this. I got in, felt amazing. So don't get me wrong, the intensity of the contractions was still there, but mentally, oh, I just felt so calm and relaxed in the water and just there was just something about changing the environment trying a different tactic it felt really good and I do think that helped progress my labor along so that was probably about 10 30 on Sunday I got in the pool and it was quite funny I was lying on my side for most of it so head up against the edge of the pool lying down and when I got a contraction I would straighten my legs out because I still had to be really erect and stiff in my back and I'd sort of pedal my legs like pushing against the opposite wall of the pool Um, if you can visualize that. And that's kind of how I was getting through the first hour or so of those contractions. And then I would, I turned on my knees at one stage and leant over the edge of the pool, but because I got this cheap kid pool, (laughs) every time I leant over the edge of the pool, like a wave of water would come out. So we had like 1300 towels on our floor trying to sop up this water. And I would apologize every time I'd lent over. I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're like, Laura, don't apologize. It's fine. We can deal with this. But in my head, I remember thinking, I should have just got the expensive birth pool (laughs) rather than this cheap kid's pool. Anyhow, it could be a fun summer pool for my kids over summer. I could tell the story of how their little sister was born in it. But the pool felt amazing. Um, I was sipping on hydrolyte there's this special like um, labor aid that I had the whole time and I really liked that uh, my doula and my husband kept kind of forcing me they just put the straw in my mouth and say okay have a sip because I wouldn't have drunk I wouldn't have felt the need to drink at all through my labor and I would have been extremely dehydrated so um, that's that's a good tip is try and get someone to just <laughs> force feed a straw down your throat because it was really important for me to stay hydrated given how long my labor was um so I would just have sips of this water occasionally I'd have my natural confectionery snakes and what felt really good not just being in the water but um my husband would get a jug and he would pour the warm water on my back during a contraction and that felt really 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 good I was actually getting some really nice relief from that so another thing I kept saying was I just want to get to the stage where I feel like I need to do a poo. So not only did the labor contractions surprise me in terms of not being able to move and feeling that sacral vice pressure, uh, which I didn't expect so much, but I then thought the pushing stage would feel like I need to do a poo and that I would have relief from that sacral pressure, but I didn't feel that. And I'm so glad my doula had said to me, Laura, I don't think you're going to get relief until this baby is born. 
And I'm so glad she said that because it was true. So I didn't feel relief from my back pain until (laughs) my baby was actually out. And I'm so glad I had that in mind because I kept waiting to feel like I needed to poo because I thought I would feel that because a lot of women say that, but I didn't ever get that sensation and the back pain never relieved. So I'm glad I had that sort of bar limit set in my mind of, okay, maybe this pain, um, this sensation in my back is not going to go away and maybe you're not going to feel like you need to do a poo. Hey mamas, Laura here. Now I hope you have enjoyed the first half of my birth story so far. It truly was a marathon event and so many aspects of the labor surprised me. Most notably being the sensation I felt in my back and the mental challenge of just not knowing how long this labor would continue for. Now, if you enjoyed this episode or resonated with anything that I shared, I would love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura. And I'd also love to hear if you too felt a similar posterior or back sensation during your labor, or if you also had a long labor like mine, and maybe the ways in which you felt that that challenged you. Now, in the next few episodes in my pregnancy and birth series, I will be sharing the nitty gritty details of my pushing phase and what went down after birth, what exercises I'm doing to recover after birth, how I'm feeling emotionally after birth, my practical tips and tricks to help manage the day-to-day juggles with a family of three kids and so much more. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this series. And remember, if you love today's episode and you want to binge listen to all the future episodes in this series, this entire series is now live inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. So inside The Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises and managing pregnancy pains and injuries, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. Now, I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, I will catch you soon for episode three in this seven-part pregnancy and birth series where I'll be sharing the second half of my very long birth story, the incredible moment of meeting my baby and what went down after birth. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.